to be more happy to uh, connect and interchange with other people. I, most seasons of the year pass and we just go on our way, but you can hardly go anywhere without somebody saying Merry Christmas or something concerning the holidays. And then for some, they might, if you ask them what Christmas means to them, they would say shopping, malls, sales. Somebody would say trees and decorations and lights and all of the trimmings that go with that. And some might even suggest snow, not this far south, but there are places that would say Christmas means snow. And then, unfortunately, there are those that think that Christmas means party time. It's a time to get drunk. It's a time to hang out and uh, do all the things that they do in their party time. Now, don't misunderstand me this morning. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying that any of those things are wrong. They're fine and they serve their purpose and they help all of us enjoy the season more. But they are not what Christmas is about. They are not the, the, the reason that, that we enjoy this season and what makes Christmas special is not because of those things that I have just mentioned Unfortunately, I have come this morning to tell you that to a large degree, Christmas has been hijacked. So much so that the majority of people in the world that we live in do not really know why we are celebrating what we are celebrating. And much like the legends of the Taj Mahal, there, there are many legends, but one of the most fascinating is the fact that the, 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 the Shah wanted to build a shrine for his wife who had passed away. But in the process of building and time, he became so consumed in the building that he forgot about what he was building it for. And one day the legend says as he walked through the large edifice that had consumed his time and passion, he bumped into a wooden box and got his leg dusty and he turned to one of the servants and he said, get this box out of here. It's in the way. It was his wife's remains. The building was built, but there was nobody to house in that building. And so it is for a lot of people. Christmas is here. The shell is here. But the real reason behind all of that is lost. And the bows and the tinsel and buried beneath boxes and parties and lights. And millions of people go through the activity of giving without even knowing why they are giving. And so this morning, instead of me coming to ask you what Christmas means to you, I want to preach to you, and this is my subject, why I celebrate Christmas. Amen. Why I celebrate Christmas and why you ought to celebrate Christmas. And somebody said, Amen. And the reason that I celebrate Christmas is found in our text. The reason I celebrate Christmas actually goes far past the birth of Christ. It goes back to the very beginning of life and time. And there in God's creative act, there were many wonderful things, but of all the things that God created, 
there were two that stand out above all others, and they are angels and man. Everybody say that with me. Angels and man. We do not oftentimes connect the two, and we certainly do not compare angels and men because it seems so strange, because angels and men are really so vastly different beings. Angels move in the heavenlies, and we are bound to the earth, and angels are spirit beings, and we are flesh and bone, and they are not limited by time and space, but we are held captive by it continually. And from Scripture we understand that we were made a little lower than the angels. So in fact, angels are a higher form of being even in man, than mankind. And there are many other things that make us different. But be that as it may, we still have several things in common. Both have wills. Angels and man have wills or they have the power to choose. And we have the ability to make decisions. And number two, both angels and men can sin, and they have sinned, and both have fallen, not just one, but both have fallen. Now ask me, if you will, if you suppose that both have fallen and both have sinned, and both have done wrong, and there's not much difference in their sin, then the question is, which of these two things or which of these two beings is most worth saving? Which of these two beings is most, most worth saving? And so somewhere back in time, way before Bethlehem, Long before even the Garden of Eden, in God's mind and in God's will, God made a decision. He chose way back then, and in choosing, that's why you and I celebrate Christmas this Sunday morning. When the angels fell... Did God go after them? Do you read anywhere in Scripture where God went looking for them or seeking after them? Not one time do you find a verse that will say such. God let them go. He let them fail. As great as they were, they have no promises. They have no gospel. They've never had an evangelist. They've never had a missionary that has ever been sent to them. But when man fell, God brought all of heaven together. He mobilized everything in pursuit of that fallen man. And that, my friend, is the amazing fact of Christmas, that God made a decision eons of years ago, and that decision was humanity. It was you and I. If he was going to save one or the other, he chose to save us. That's why we celebrate this season. That's why we sing like we sing. That's why we lift our hands. That's why there's joy in our heart this morning, because he chose us. Amen. He went after man, not with a present, but in person. That is what Christmas means to me. He did not go looking for angels that had fallen, but he did for me. This verse alone tells us what Christmas 
uh, ought to be to you and I and what has made it possible for you and I. Christmas is the day that God bestowed a dignity on you and I that never could have been earned by anything that we could have ever done. He simply said, I am going to save man. What is there in me that was worth loving and what is there in me that would cause him to love me and not love angels? Why did he look for me and not for them? I cannot give you all the reason. All I know is what the Bible said. He did not take on the nature of an angel, but he took on the seed of Abraham so that he could identify with me and know me. I ask you this morning, who, who among us, if given the choice, would take the worse over the better or the lesser for the more? Who among us, if you had angels that were higher and man that was lower, would choose the lower? But that's exactly what God did when he wrapped himself in a fleshly body and he was birthed into this world in Bethlehem. He chose the lesser. He chose the lower. He chose the worst. He chose the worst in mankind. He chose the worst in my mind. He said, I will identify myself with that. That's what Christmas is all about. And that's why I celebrate Christmas, because He chose me. He chose you. He chose us. He could have chosen angels, and we could have had their fate. We could have been like them, put into outer darkness. But no, He chose you and I. So I ask you this morning again, who among us, if given the choice, would take the worse and leave the better? Yet that is what God did at Christmas. He in no wise took the angels. That means that He never gave it a second thought, but the seed of Abraham He took. In that eternal, irrevocable misery of fallen angels, there can be no Christmas. There is no light. There are no gaieties. There is no exchange of gifts or greeting. There are no headlines of hope and progress in that region of the fallen angels. The Bible described their realm as darkness Outer, utter darkness. Sometimes we look around at our world at a time like this and we think how rotten it has become. There are headlines of grief and misery and murder and mayhem and greed and treachery. But listen to me. As bad as our world is, it has never been described as the world of fallen angels. And it's all because of a baby that was born in Bethlehem. Ah, yes, think with me, my friend, about that world that is reserved in everlasting chains and realize that it very easily could have been your world and mine, but God made a choice, and He chose man. Christmas makes the difference between heaven and hell. Yes, my friend, a baby changes everything. By coming that eventful day, determining that he would do for man what he would not do for fallen angels, puts you and I in a very special place. He came after us with passion. He pursued the world with purpose. And he came and stood between you and I and those chains of darkness 
Christmas means one thing, that you and I mean more to God than angels and stars and heavens and earth and trees and flowers and all of the animals and all of the galaxies. Christmas means that you and I mean everything to Him. Why I celebrate Christmas is because He did not become my representative. He became me. There is a difference, my friend. He didn't come acting as a lawyer, a third party, but He came and became flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Christmas means that He became me. He did it all when He took the seed. He said, I will be one of them. He took our place. He sat where we sat. He feels what we feel, and He knows what we know. Listen to me. He chained Himself to you and I by that one inescapable fact. And that act can never be refuted. I don't care what the pundits, I don't care what the naysayers, I don't care what the New Agers, I don't care what the atheists say. That is why I say Merry Christmas and not Happy Holiday. Because it is not a Happy Holiday without a Merry Christmas. If there was not a Christ child, there would be nothing to be happy about. But because God, somewhere back in time, chose man, He chose us. That's why we can lift our hands. That's why we can sing about a child being born and act as if it were happening last night or this morning. And we can sing about it year after year and never lose the fervor and the passion of it because He chose me. Turn to somebody and say, He chose you. Oh, yes, He did. He chose you. That's why it's not Happy Holiday It's Merry Christmas because it is Christ's birth. Listen to me. There will always be a Christmas as long as the world lives. I don't care if CBS hates that or NBC or or, or ABC or CNN or any other political pundit or any other reporter in the world trying to be. I don't care who it is that stepped to the podium. They will never erase the fact that somewhere 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem there was a baby born and that birth has changed the world. It has changed it forever and that can never be undone. You can never put that child back in the womb. You can never undo that act. It has been forever settled. That's why I celebrate Christmas because it has been settled. Hallelujah. You ought to lift up your head and your hands and say thank you God that you chose me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seeing Christmas is not a story but it is a person who seeks me and loves me. He understands my longing. He understands my grief. He understands my loneliness. He has experienced the misery of my sins. He has done it all. You cannot refute His birth. It is a fact. 
And so in coming, He set me free from the debt that I owed, the handwriting of ordinances that were against me. Listen to me, church. At some time during this season, you ought to lift up your head to the heavens and say, What is man that thou art mindful of me and the son of man that thou visiteth me? You made me a little lower than the angels, but you chose me over angels. And that's why I celebrate. That's why I rejoice. That's why I sing, because you chose me. What makes our world different than angels' worlds? Christmas. Amen. What makes our world different than fallen angels' world? Christmas. Christmas was a deciding day. God decided something that day that forever changed the way that we live, the way we celebrate, and the way that we hope. The hope that you and I have this time of year is because of that choice. At Christmas, He acted in my best interest. God did something for me He would not do for angels. You ought to lift your hands again and say, Thank you, God, for loving me like that. Thank you, God, for doing that. Ah, yes, thank you, God. If God thinks so much of you and I that He would do all of that, and He would go all the way to birth and then to Calvary and on to the resurrection, then why can't you and I go all the way with Him? On that Christmas morning, He became bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Because Christmas comes, He has given you and I the opportunity of making it to a world that lost angels can never know again. Because He chose not angels, but Abraham's seed. That's why I celebrate Christmas. You wonder why I'm sweating this morning? You wonder why I lift my voice and I get excited when I talk about the birth of Jesus Christ? It's not a story. It's not fiction. It's a fact. I don't care who tried. They can't refute the fact that he came. They cannot water it down. Listen to me. Mohammed Muslims worship a God that has great power. And even the Jews worship a God that has great power. But only Christianity worships a God that has great power but came in flesh and dwelt among us and became one of us. That's why I celebrate this morning because he came. The angels can never see my song. The angels may be jubilant, but I am triumphant. They may be singing of their creation, but I am singing of my grace that has been given to me. They may praise God in His works, but we adore and love Him in His coming. That's why I share gifts this time of the year, because He taught me how to give. That's why I want to give to others this season, because He's the giver of all givers, and he taught me that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's the reason that I celebrate. That's the reason that I clap my hand. That's the reason that I go to church 365 days a year. Not just Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, but all of the days I want to be here in the house of the Lord. Why? Because one day God made a decision. He could have chosen angels, but He said, no, you go ahead. You've already made your choice. But this one right here. I want to get him back. And he reached down and pulled us back out of that abyss and gave us hope. 
That's why I celebrate Christmas. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why I rejoice. And I am not going to let some idiotic person that thinks they are smart put me in a back seat and hijack Christmas away from me and call it something that it's not. I want to remind the world this is his season. This is his day. This is his hour. And this is his time. I'm going to sing about it. I'm going to shout about it. I'm going to joy in it. Christ is born. Born a baby. But he didn't stay as a babe. He grew and became a man. He went to a cross. He died for my sin. And then he rose from the dead. And he rose triumphant that I might know what it is to get back up when I've fallen and start over when I've made a mistake and when I've stumbled and done wrong. He gives me the opportunity to begin again. That's why I celebrate Christmas. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation, the creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was. He always is. He always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand Him. Armies can't defeat Him. And schools can't explain Him. The leaders can't ignore Him. Herod couldn't kill Him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse Him. And the people couldn't hold Him. Nero couldn't crush Him. Hitler couldn't silence Him. And the New Age can't replace Him. And and talk shows can't explain him away. He is light and love and longevity and Lord. He is goodness and kindness and gentleness and God. He is holy and righteous and mighty and powerful and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. And his mind is on me. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. He is my fire. I serve Him because there is a bond of love. His burden is light. And His goal is for abundant life in me. I follow Him because He is the wisdom of the wise. The power of the powerful. The ancient of days. The ruler of rulers. The leader of leaders. The overseer of the overcomers. And the sovereign Lord of all that was and is to come. And if that seems to impress you, try this one for size. His goal is to save me and know me and have a relationship with me. That's why I celebrate Christmas. Hallelujah. Somebody praise Him with me right now. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Brother Joey, come to the piano. When I fall, He lifts me up. When I fail, He forgives me. When I'm weak, He is strong. When I'm lost, He's the way. 
When I'm afraid, He's my courage. When I stumble, He steadies me. When I'm hurt, He heals me. When I'm broken, He mends me. When I'm blind, He leads me. When I'm hungry, He feeds me. When I face trials, He is with me. When I face persecution, He seals me. When I face problems, He comforts me. When I face loss, He provides for me. And when I face death, He carries me home. He is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time, and in every day. He is God. He is faithful. I am His, and He is mine. Oh, what fellowship divine. Hallelujah. That's why I celebrate Christmas. Now, you can have your tree if that's what turns you on. And you can even have old jolly Saint Nick if that's what makes you happy. But I promise you, that tree's not staying up in our house the rest of the year. It's coming down. Probably by New Year, or they're, they're pretty close. All those beautiful decorations, they're going to be taken down and put away. All the shopping malls and all the debt's going to pile up. And you're going to think, my God, what in the world was I thinking? If Santa Claus is your thing, he's going to go away and not come again for another year. But if you know Jesus, he's there 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He never takes a vacation. He never goes to sleep. He's never weary. He's never tired. He's never lost. He's never confused. Woo! That's why I celebrate Christmas. Oh, I, I enjoy all this stuff. I, I get a kick out of that. I, my grandbaby, my Lord, we bounced up and down and sang, I'll be home for Christmas and, and Santa Claus is coming to town. I, I'm not trying to tell you don't do that but I am telling you that if you really want to enjoy this time of the year and let it flow into the next 365 days you need to understand what the verse in Hebrews said he said he did not I I want to go back and read it the amplified Bible No, no let me read from another he says it's obvious of course That he didn't go to all this trouble for angels. He didn't go to all this trouble for angels. It was for people like us. Children of Abraham. Whoa! Oh, yeah. You know, some of you have seen too many Nintendo games. That's why stuff like this doesn't excite you. But it excites me when I read, indeed, it is obvious that he does not take hold of angels to help them. He doesn't take hold of angels to help them. On the contrary, he takes hold of the seed of Abraham, me and you. He reaches out, puts his hand on, said, come on back here. Come come, come back this direction. This is where life is. This is where joy is. This is where you can really be free. Amen. 
So why do you celebrate Christmas? Just so you can get a little eggnog that might have a little extra in it? Or so you can enlarge your wardrobe or get some other toy that you don't really need? (laughs) Or so you can just go in debt for six months? I'm talking about where we live right now. And for a lot of people, that's all Christmas is going to be. But somewhere between now and Christmas Day and on through the rest of the year, ever so often you need to look up into the heavens and you need to say, What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visited him? Woo! Somebody said, Happy Holiday to me. I just turn around and say, Merry Christmas. You're not hijacking my holiday. You're not taking my celebration away. Oh, come on, clap your hands to the Lord and let's give Him praise right now. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes.